Amen. Did y'all like that? I, I, I like the sound of it, but even more, I like the message of it. Because I know it to be so, 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 so true. Uh, thank y'all for filling in in music today, Rhonda playing today. Uh, so, uh, God's sending us some people to help do things. Don't you like that? He, he's going to provide for us, and he is providing for us. And, and I've been meeting him over here for them to practice, and so I've had to really figure out some things on the sound system. And uh, I, I think that the sound system probably is sounding better. And uh, give you a little update as to where we are and what we're doing right now. Psalm 50. I'll let you go ahead and find your place. Psalm 50. Uh, Lord willing, by the end of December, at the very latest, our nursery will be open for use again. Uh, started, uh, we've already been cleaning it out, uh, started painting it. Uh, I got the speaker back to going in there this week so that if uh, mom is back there with a baby or whatever, they can still hear the service. <clears throat> and so uh, we're, we're going to be gone this coming week, I, I know, I didn't get permission from y'all, but we're going camping. <laughs> uh, we're, we're going by Bojangles, then we're going to go home, we're going to get our dog, and we're going to go camping over to Coney State Park. And so I won't be doing anything this week around here. Uh, we'll come back in on Friday. But then the following week, my goal is to get the nursery all painted, and uh, we've already washed up all the linens for the, for the crib. They'll be ready to go back on and uh, got to figure out what to do with the carpet in there. I'm thinking that I'm probably going to rip it up and paint it uh, a good color. That way, if a baby spits up on it, it's you just clean it up. Carpet doesn't do too good with some of this stuff, you know. And uh, so and by the end of the year, the goal is that we'll have everything painted in the educational space part of the of the building uh we've made good progress and uh so i think we'll have that finished up by the end of the year uh we uh now have uh, a better live streaming uh we're waiting to hear from the grant for updating the sound system and our monitors up here so so things are really coming together fairly quickly it's just not as quickly as i want it I wanted it yesterday, but it just doesn't happen quite that quickly. And in a little while, we're going to be uh, having a business meeting to, to vote on replacing this heating and air unit that died over here about three months ago. And, and some of y'all probably haven't heard, but <clears throat> the weekend that we were gone, last weekend while we were gone, uh, well, when uh, Brian and Dee Dee were on the way to the church uh, coming up the road, they saw that there was a Jeep parked behind our social hall. Well, I, I'm down in the sand hills, and Brian's calling me. I'm like, leave me alone. Just quit. I, I, I told you and D.D. to be good, and here you are calling me. Well, he ended up calling the 911. Deputy came out. The car had been stolen, and they had run it in behind our social hall and knocked over our heating and air unit on its side and killed it. And left the car parked there. They had to get a wrecker to come in to get it because they were such good people. They took the keys with them for the car. 
that they had stolen. They, they made sure they took the keys out. Somebody else could drive it. And so this, this week has been working with adjusters and heating and air, trying to figure all of that out. And uh, thankfully, I think we've got it figured out that it's going to be replaced without the church having to pay anything. Uh, and that's going to be from the goodness of, of Jim Chapman and Chapman Heating and Air and what he is doing to help us with that. And so when I came here, nobody told me I was going to have to be over maintenance. Did, did y'all not think to tell me that I was going to be in charge of maintenance? Well, what I found out back in 1985, the hat for a pastor covers everything from cleaning commodes to turning off lots. And everything in between. So that that's just kind of where we are and uh, where we're headed and... Uh, I can't wait to have the nursery finished and hope the Lord will send some young families with some more children that we can put it to use and uh, and got a plan for the big room on that end. Want to make it a mission room, care room, and I'll explain all of that later. And uh, on this end, the old youth room, Wes, what I'm thinking about on that is after the first of the year, springtime, I'd like to do like a Wednesday night Bible study of some kind. And we could just meet in that big room, set chairs up in there. It can have some coffee and, and stuff. And uh, my mind never quits. That's the reason a lot of these nights I'm awake at 2 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I, I, there's so much I want to see Grace do. So, so much that, that we can do. That, uh, and this has nothing to do with the message. <laughs> but... Uh, I just wanted to kind of give you an update as to where we were and some of the things that I'm thinking about. Uh, Rhonda's going to have a Christmas program uh, for us in December, so she'll be in touch with some of you about that. Uh, we're going to have a Thanksgiving meal the Sunday before Thanksgiving. I'm going to be cooking barbecue, and Brian's going to do baked beans, and everybody else is going to bring whatever. And Rob is like, amen on the barbecue. <laughs> and uh, so... Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I'm enjoying it. And so we're, we're just trucking along, I guess I can say, and uh, looking forward to what's going to take place in, in the coming days. Well, Psalm 50, verse 15. I need to preach so we can hurry up and we can go to the campground. <laughs> Is that spiritual sounding, David? David, do you have another wedding that you're going to be in? I started to text you over the week and say, do you know a wedding that you could be in? <laughs> That's a private joke. But anyway, Psalm chapter 50 and verse 15 is there. One verse of scripture. And, and listen to what it says. And call upon me. This is God speaking. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Promises are part of life, are they not? It, uh, I mean, children, uh, I'm sure Rob and Elena already know this with their two sweet, precious, angelic babies. 
They'll do something wrong and you'll probably say, don't do that. And they'll say, I won't do it anymore, mama. I promise. Jackson has probably said, mama, I promise I won't do it anymore. It, do you know what those little rascals will do? They'll, the prom- they, they'll break that promise in spite of you. I mean, they, they can even say, cross my heart and hope to die. And they'll still go and break that promise. Well, sometimes us parents make promises to their children. We're going to go play with you. We're going to go outside with you. We're, we're going to take you to this place. We're going to do that. And, and we never do so. And they're like, when? 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 So promises with, with children, we start early on with promises. And, and then there's this promise that comes with marriage. Y- y'all know anything about that promise? I promise to love and obey. Now, that's kind of outdated, isn't it? That obeying part. Elaine, I remember you saying obey. I promise to obey. She she sure don't. (laughs) I mean, but but in our marriage vows, we're making promises to each other of until until death or sickness or, or, you know, I don't remember the vows now. That was 48 years ago when we did our vows. But anyway, in, in marriage, we, we're making promises to each other. We're going to be there for each other, be with each other, take care of each other. And then we move into the financial world. If you buy a house, you have to sign some papers, right? Or everybody I know. And those papers are saying what? I promise to make my payment. If you buy a car... You sign the paper that says, I promise to make my payment. We we live with promises every day of our life. Well, do you know that promises are in Scripture also? It has been estimated that there are over 30,000 promises in the Bible. There are 66 books in the Bible between the Old and the New Testament. And those 66 books contain 30,000 promises. That's a lot. I mean, I don't know a lot about math some days, but I know that's a lot. And it's estimated that over 8,000 of these promises are specifically for saved individuals. Believers. 8,000. And one of those promises is found in what we have read today in today's scripture. Where it says, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you. God is making a promise that you call upon me. I will deliver you. What a promise. That's the title of the message is what a promise that God has made. And I believe this is one of the greatest promises that we can find in Scripture. And there are three reasons that I believe this, this promise is so great that I want to share with you. The first reason is because of the gloomy occasion that is named. A very gloomy occasion. It says, call upon me when? In the day of trouble. Notice that he did not specify any exact day or any exact kind of trouble. He's speaking to the nation of Israel most likely. And he's saying 
Call upon me in the day of your trouble. Well, this day of trouble is a sure day. It was a sure day for the nation of Israel. You go back and study the Old Testament. Oh my gracious. How much trouble did they have? How often did they get in trouble? How often did they do things they should not have done? How often did God have to bring judgment upon them? How often did all of this take place? And so it is with us today. This gloomy occasion, it's sure. We can have sunshine right now in our life. And in five minutes it can be all gloomy and overcast and dark and dreary and even stormy. It is sure that we're going to have some gloomy occasions that come our way. That, that's the sureness of this gloom. What is the source of it? Where does this gloom come from that comes our way? Th- these problems. Well, it, it could be physical. It could be an unexpected sickness or an injury. And, and it can come without any warning. Not many years ago, I got up at 5 o'clock one morning and put on enough barbecue to cook to feed 100 school teachers the next day. When I got up at 5 o'clock to go out to start the smoker, I was having some pain that I thought, as any man would think, I can walk it off. Right, Greg? We can walk it off. It don't matter what the pain is. We, it's like in sports. They're going to walk it off. I'm like, I'm going to walk this off. I got the smoker going and the butts in it, and I'm out there in my driveway. Uh, glad Robin Elena wasn't looking because I, I was walking like this. I couldn't even stand up straight. So much pain. I turned around and I'd walk this way, still in so much pain. I couldn't stand up. And finally, about six o'clock, I went in, and of course Rhonda didn't know the the world was going at six o'clock in the morning. But I went in and I, I woke her up. I said, "You got to take me somewhere." What, 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 what? You got to take me somewhere. So by 6.30, we were at the emergency room at Pelham. By 11 o'clock, I was in an ambulance on the way to regional. By 1 o'clock, I'd already had surgery and was back home at my house. Now, you talk about sudden, unexpected, my word. It was the most sudden thing imaginable. Well, Donna's son, Kyle, that just got out of the hospital, he was waiting on two customers in the auto store. And when he knew anything else, he was laying in a hospital bed. He doesn't remember passing out. He doesn't remember falling. He doesn't remember anything. He just remembers that he was talking to two women. They'll never forget their trip to O'Reilly's. When the big man fell... Probably made them back up a step or two. But physically, our our lives can change so quickly. From a sickness or an injury. Well, the source may not be physical. It could be emotional. And emotional issues can be as painful or more painful than physical issues. In a whole different way. We, We can think that we are great when all of a sudden we are full of anxiety as, as I was talking earlier and sharing with some before the service started that so, some nights at like two or three o'clock in the morning I will wake up as anxious as if somebody had a gun on me 
for no reason. Nothing is wrong. I'm not thinking about anything. But just out of the blue, I wake up just full of anxiety. Anybody else understand that? Do, do you know what that's like to wake up and just... And, and usually I have to get up and move or do something for it to begin to subside. And, and it can hit just like that. Out of the blue. The, the depression, when I first started dealing with depression, it was just like... I went to bed feeling okay and I woke up a different person and didn't know who I was nor what I was doing and didn't really care. So this gloomy occasion, it can come from physical issues, emotional issues, or financial issues. How many of you ever had a financial setback? In other words, how many of you have ever gone broke overnight? How many of you have ever written a check and prayed you could get a check deposited before the check made it to the bank? So, so, so you, you, you know that sometimes financially, we ain't too good. None of my family is very good financially. There's not going to be a windfall from the Kirkley family when any of my siblings die. And when I die, there's not going to be a windfall for any of them either. There's not going to be a windfall for Alyssa and Philip. We may say, y'all still have to pay our bills for us after we're gone, you know. But, but finances, do you know how quickly they can change? People who daily invest in the stock market, and all of a sudden it, and then all of a sudden it does what? It crashes. And sometimes it's in a matter of a couple of hours because somebody said something, somebody did something somewhere that doesn't mean anything to anybody else, but the stock market all of a sudden goes ballistic and, and crashes, and all of a sudden there goes retirement and savings and, and college tuition for kids and, and sometimes houses and, and cars. And, and some people even end up homeless because of it. The gloomy occasion that is named. It is for sure... That we're all going to have that day of trouble. We're not going to leave this world without a day of trouble. So we need what a promise that God made. The second reason that I believe this is such a great promise. Is the great invitation that is made. Look at what he said in verse 15. And call upon me. God invites this old man who grew up in the sand hills of South Carolina on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere, who had an outhouse in the garden, who had four siblings. We had five of us sleeping in two beds in the same bedroom together. DSS would not go for that today. We had three boys in a bed and two girls in a bed. And there was not a bathroom in the house. We'd have the number two tub we'd bring in. Or in the summertime, the number two tub would be behind the house, fill it full of water, let the sun shine on it and warm it up. Then take turns taking a bath all in the same water. Don't throw the baby out with the bath water. That's where that term came from. And Elena's like, gross. And the baby usually went last. I don't know why. So by the time I got there, 
water a little bit cloudy. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you are like, I ain't never heard such before. Well, that's my background. And this invitation God has made to someone like me from my background of a nobody from a nowhere who had absolutely nothing. And God says, you can call upon me. What about your background? I bet some of you got some pretty shady backgrounds too. Maybe one Sunday we'll have a testimony service of each one sharing their background. Wouldn't that be an interesting event? We may not be able to live stream that event. We may have to just turn it off for that day. But we all have been there. We, we all know what it's like for things to go totally crazy and be a nobody in, in a big world that nobody cares about. And he says, call upon me. Now, I want to focus on what he did not say in that, that term. He did not give a time frame. He did not say, call upon me 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. A lot of what we know in our world, 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. If you call any other time, you're not going to get anybody. Go any other time, they're not going to be there. 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. Unless you work for like Hobby Lobby or installing alarm systems, then it's a whole different story, right, Wes? But God did not say, oh, call upon me Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. There, there, there is no time frame, and, and there's no distance limitations. It's not limited to a certain geographical region. A, a lot of what we do in society for help and, and stuff is geographically located and, and, and Somebody's office will be for this geographical region and that office for that geographical reason, region and, and the two shall not mix together and, and if you're in the wrong region you can't get help from the other region. And, but, but God didn't say anything about you've got to live in a certain geographical reason, region. There, there's no distant limitations to when you can call upon God. So there's no time frame, there's no distance limitations and there's no maximum number of times that you can call upon Him. I mean, you, you can take out uh, these policies for help on stuff, and sometimes for, for a certain amount per month, you can call the help desk 10 times during that month or 20 times or whatever that number may be. And if you call more than that, you're going to pay extra to get their help. But with God, there is no limitation on how often I can call upon him. I can call upon him multiple times per day. And do you know what? I do. How many of you call upon God more than once per day? Yeah, is it almost like a constant? Do you ever think God says, just, just turn that microphone off. I've heard you already. <laughs> just turn that microphone off. God, please. God, do. God, God help. God, God. But there's no limitation. God simply says, call up on me in that day of trouble. So the gloomy occasion that is named, that day of trouble. The great invitation that is made, call upon me. 
But then the glorious results that are realized. Look again in verse 15. And he says, I will deliver you. God is saying to those who call upon him, he will deliver them. This is deliverance by God of man. Again, I'm a nobody from nowhere. Well, of course, now we do live in Lyman now. So we're, we're uptown, right? I mean, we, we have, a, we're not from Roebuck. <laughs> you, you, you're, we're, we're not from Greer or Greer's. Depending on how old you are, how you say it, I mean, we're from Lyman. So we, we are somebody now. Do you know how often they call me from Washington to get my advice on something? You know how often they've called me from governor's office in Columbia to get my input? Do you know how often anybody of any prestige has ever even called me? <laughs> I, I'm still a nobody in the view of this world. But even though that is the case, God says he will deliver me in that day of trouble. So this is deliverance by God of man. But look at the next result. I will deliver you and you shall what? Glorify me. We're, we talked about deliverance by God of man. But now we're taking, talking about praise by man of God. The man or the woman who has been delivered by God. Will then turn around and have a praise for God. Kind of like Gina did this morning. During her day of trouble, when she called upon God and trusted God, and God came and ministered to her in all of these years. And then this morning, she said, I feel like I just need to say something. And she was doing what? She was then glorifying God because of God being there to deliver her in her time of hurt and turmoil. And if we're all honest... We could all do that on a regular basis. God delivers us from a bad work situation. When God delivers us from family drama. Does your family have drama? Any family drama in here? We'll talk about it later. Is, is there ever any drama within your marriage? Rhonda's looking at me now. I mean, there's, there's drama all the time. But, but God will still deliver us through all of that. And then all he wants out of in return is for us to glorify him. And to glorify him is simply to tell others what he has done. How he has taken care of us. How he has blessed us. How he has been there with us. How he has provided for us. Uh, you don't need a degree. You, you don't have to go to theological school. You, you don't have to learn how to be a teacher or a preacher. You, you don't have to do any of that. All you got to do is just open your mouth and say, God did this for me. And when we do that, 
he receives glory. Now, the people you are telling this to, they may look at you like you're crazy. And one or two of you, you probably are crazy. I'm not going to call any names, but there could be one or two here borderline crazy anyway. But not for giving glory to God. You will never be crazy for that. So they may look at you strange, but God will look at you with love and say, thank you for glorifying me. Promises. We make them all the time. Promises are part of every life cycle, every life age. What, what I failed to mention in the introduction, it's not unusual for these promises to be broken. Some promises are made knowing they're going to be broken. There are some people who will look you in the eye and make a promise to you knowing they're not going to do it. Those are the people I just call liars. Can, can you still use that term? Liars? Liar, liar, pants on fire? There are some people that their pants have been burning for a long time. So they make a promise knowing they're not going to keep it. Then there are those who make a promise with good intentions and all of a sudden, circumstances change. Maybe they promise so much money for something with good intentions. But circumstances change. The stock market goes kaflui, or, or, or they lose their job, or a family emergency, and all of a sudden, that promise they've made, that they've made with good intentions, all of a sudden, they're not able to, to keep that promise. And then there are those promises that we make, that we just forget about. Again, we have good intentions. How many times has somebody said, pray for me, and you say, I will, and then you get busy, and you forget about it? You had good intentions. I found the best thing I can do is somebody says, pray for me, is that I pray for them right then. Not later, because later, my brain may be in another country, on another continent. So, promises are made Every day by all of us. Some promises are made to intentionally break. Some are made and circumstances change and they're not kept. And some promises are made that we just forget about because of our busy, hectic schedule. Well, I'm glad to you today. That any promise that God has ever made is a sure promise. He does not lie. And there are no circumstances that can change that will cause him not to be able to keep his promise. God's promises are indeed engraved in stone and are trustworthy. When he said, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you. It's engraved in stone. He will do exactly what he said he will do. I am so glad that even though I have made promises I didn't keep and will probably make promises in the future that I don't keep for whatever reason. I'm just being honest. I'm so glad that God has always kept every promise he has ever made and will continue to do so.
It is sure when he makes a promise. Would you bow your heads? I don't know what you're dealing with today, but maybe you've had some promises broken to you this week. Maybe somebody in the family has broken a promise, or somebody at work has broken a promise, or some friend has broken a promise, and and you're here heartbroken this morning over the fact of broken promises. God can heal that. Number one, he'll heal that by reminding you that you have also likewise done. And he can heal that by saying, trust me, I will never let you down. So whatever promises that have been broken to you, give them to God. Now, I ask you in return, would you make a promise to God today? Would you promise God? that you're going to do your best to live for him every single day. Will you promise God that you're going to be a good witness for him in where you go, how you talk, what you do? Will you promise God that with his help, you're going to be an example of what a believer is? doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. But you're going to do your best to be that shining example to lost friends and lost family of what it means to be a Christian. Will you promise that to God? If you'll promise that to God, God will help you to meet that promise. You you can't do it by yourself, but you can do it with His help. Father, for each one who has made that promise to you this morning. Don't let them forget it. Tomorrow on a Monday when things go wrong and they're tempted to say or do or whatever, would you remind them, you made me a promise that you're going to live for me, you're going to live right, and you're going to be an example of a believer in front of others. Father, remind me when I become impatient, when I become angry, when, when I have thoughts that I should not have, remind me also of this same promise. Thank you that your promises are sure. Now, Father, help us to be sure about our promise to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just a couple of moments for a business meeting. If uh, you'll go ahead and, and there, there, there's the information. And we'll consider ourselves in conference and uh, just share with you uh, what we're dealing with. It, it's this unit over here. Y'all, y'all broke this unit on this side. I don't know why you did that, but, but you did. And we, we looked at all kinds of options and... Uh, Man, Brian, this is what, two months, three months? We've been looking at options and talking uh, with the heating and air, and uh, we think we have finally reached a, a decision. Uh, the gas furnace under the building is like 30 years old. Uh, the, the unit outside, it, it's ancient also. And so Jim Chapman, Chapman Heating and Air, and, and Jim has done 
the last three installations of, uh, of units here, he's done all the maintenance work probably for the last 10 years. So he's the one that we have been dealing with. Uh, he's been good to the church, always trustworthy. And so we've been talking with Jim. And so he has figured out how he can do it for $9,873. That is no duct work being changed. It, it, could, it needs to be changed, but we just don't have the money right now. But it would be a, a new five-ton air conditioner unit outside and a new gas furnace under the, uh, under the building. And what we're proposing is that we'll take roughly half of it from our building fund. Right now we have a little over 7000 in the building fund, so that leaves us about 2000 in it. And we'll take the other half in from general checking. And right now we've got about eighteen, nineteen thousand in general checking, so that will leave us thirteen, fourteen thousand 14000 in general checking, and it will be paid for. We looked at trying to borrow money to do so, and... We, we just believe that this is the best option for us that we go ahead and, and do this. And uh, hopefully he'll be able to start on it Monday week as far as uh, getting all of the work done. So, are there any questions that sufficiently explain it? Okay. Do I hear a motion that we do this as presented have a motion have a second okay no more questions all in favor just raise your hand good deal thank you so much i will get in touch with jim uh, tomorrow and go ahead and get this scheduled now this coming week the goal is that he'll get the one changed uh in the social hall Wes, were you here when we were talking about the social hall issue Okay, because I know your mom and dad's event is the, yes, yeah, and so I told Jim that that the social hall takes priority because we want to make sure that it's ready for their event. So he may or may not get started on this on the ninth because we want to make sure that the building is ready for Johnny and Emily's fiftieth uh, wedding anniversary on the tenth. And so is this uh, like a drop-in? So steak and baked potatoes? Bring your own... Dr- for Wes, it'd be, oh, you better bring your own stuff. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to have a covered dish 50th anniversary. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I've told Jim, and he said he should be able to get that done this coming week. But we want to make sure it's done first, and then we'll get to this other. And so, any other questions, comments? Well, let's pray and be dismissed. And Rhonda and I are going to go by Bojangles. We're going to go home and eat. And then we're going to leave the country. <laughs> and Elena's going to be our chicken sitter while we're gone. She's going to take care of my girls for me. And get those fresh. Yeah, Ella, Ella Kate said she was going to go out there and check on those chickens. Yeah. 
Last time we were gone, they couldn't do so because we had a broody one, and, and Elaine was like, I ain't putting my hands under no chicken to get eggs. <laughs> she said, I'm a city girl. <laughs> so, well, let's pray and be dismissed. Lord Jesus, thank you for how you provide for us. We were not expecting to have to spend this money on the heating and air system, and we know it's going to slow us down on the other projects that we've got lined up, but... But, Lord, we know you're going to provide for us as we have the need for it. And so I thank you for the vote this morning, and I thank you for each one being cooperative and, and ready to see this done. And I, I pray now that you would just continue to bless us and guide us and direct us each day. And uh, we pray you'd give us all a good week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all, and we'll be back in time for next Sunday service. We, we ain't going to lay out on you next Sunday. We're going to be here. <laughs>